just recognizing that like oh i'm literally telling myself that i should be scared about this thing that hasn't happened and may never happen that's anxiety in a nutshell mm-hmm. you know what i mean and I, th- I think it's a lot harder to to get to that point of being like oh i'm noticing myself have anxiety about this stuff because I, I don't think you can just say like fuck you anxiety yeah and like no. it's gone it you com- <laughs> like you said it comes with an awareness of it you know it's like if you just have enough awareness i mean you will be at peace because like you're aware of what feelings you're feeling you become aware mm. of what's causing them and then you become aware mm. of what you need and all of this i think comes yeah. from cognitive behavioral therapy and just working through the emotion and kind of like dismantling it welcome back to human i'm benjamin love and today i got to interview one of my favorite people in the entire world chris williams chris is a musical artist and photographer based in south harlem and one of my best friends Today we got to talk a little bit about the uh, cultures we grew up in and how they weren't fully accepting of us and all of the shitty side effects that come along with that and kind of our parallel journeys of picking up the pieces and learning how to accept ourselves again. Uh, Chris even talks a bit in the podcast about meeting a pair of white supremacists in a bar and uh, getting to have an a- actually a pretty civil conversation with them. So I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. You know, I'm dark, dude. I'm dark. <laughs> and I, like, uh, you know, existed in a lot of different spaces where there weren't too many dark darkies. Can't say that. Dark people. Do you ever... Um, <laughs> can't say that. Like or can you? I don't know. Do you ever... I don't know, probably. But is it... I mean, what would you say is, like, your most negative memory tied to Oof. your your color or your race? Oof. Um, mm, well, there's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot to choose from. I'm just like thumbing through the trauma Rolodex. Um, <laughs> trauma <wanna> Rolodex. S- <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. There's there's some there's some howdy duties, but I I definitely will just throw out um, some of the times that um, you know you're just walking on the street and this dude uh, drove past me and then <laughs> reversed on the road what? like. And then starts shouting just all kinds of racial slurs and stuff like that at me and was like slow rolling <gasps> while like, you're walking, yelling this next shit while I'm just like walking. And I was like, okay, this is, I don't understand. Um, and at first I was just like, yeah, whatever, like fuck off, that sort of thing. And then I don't know, it was just something about like the fact that it's like this dude is so deliberately hateful. Yeah. Um, and that sort of stuff that like just like, I don't know, I was like pretty down about that for a while. Yeah, I, I literally had that exact same experience in Chattanooga. I was walking downtown and this mm-hmm. truck, I was holding hands with my, my uh, partner, Tom, and this truck came by and they rolled down the window and they're like, fucking faggots. And me yeah. and Thomas were just completely stunned. Like we thought we were in danger. I didn't know if he was going to like pull the car over and just like beat us up for holding hands or something. But he, yeah. he floored it and like his truck went off into the distance. And then within like two minutes, this sweet old lady and her granddaughter came up and were like, we just saw what happened and we're so sorry you had to deal with that. So it was this really bizarre, like instantly getting this attack on my sexuality and like and witnessing some of the worst parts of society followed Mm. directly by some of the best parts of society, you know, wanting to (laughs) wanting to comfort people. And like, it was just such an interesting experience. I mean, so I told yeah. yeah, I totally get that. Like you're like, why is this person so deliberately yeah. hateful? And then in the South, you actually think you're in danger because, or you actually are. Yeah, you are you in never danger. Know if they're just packing or 
and they want to make an example out of you yeah. or whatever. And it's like, you know, living in a space where like 15 minutes away in any direction is just like, you know, yeah. scary. Yeah. <laughs> like, just like, don't travel alone. Yeah. Like, find a buddy. Like, oh, I totally feel it. If you could change anything about the way you were raised, what would you change? Oh, damn. Just one, huh? Uh, <laughs> or a main theme. Yeah, main know. theme. Okay, I don't mind the religious bit. I just think it was pretty heavy-handed. You know what I mean? Instead of just being like, cool, like this is like something that you can explore. This is what we choose to explore. Like It's like, nah, this is the way it goes. Yeah, it's just weird because I think that there's a lot of like... In the church, there's a lot of, like, talk about, like, love God, you know? Love your neighbor as yourself, you know? Like, love God, love people. Like, God loves you, and then you can love people because God loves you. Like, whatever it is, you know? Um, and But they don't really talk about, like, loving yourself. And uh, Massive. that's, like, one of the things that, like, really messed me up coming up. Like, how to, like, I had to just, like, feed myself in certain ways in order to find strength Mm -hmm. and some of that was just on uh like terrible like terrible footing like just no no pillars underneath oh i totally feel that like i was raised southern baptist and Mm -hmm. um i remember this one verse or it wasn't even a verse it was just our southern baptist pastor was just like god doesn't call you to be happy he calls you to be righteous and i just remember thinking like wait what god doesn't want us to be happy like and it was just so there were so many you know like subconscious cues in southern baptist culture and maybe even in the church you grew up in that anything that isn't outwardly selfless and helping others it's selfish you know Mm -hmm. and i did go through a period of time where choosing myself felt very selfish and i kind of had to get over the guilt and it's, I would say guilt. Like I felt mm-hmm. guilty for, you know, coming out of the closet and hurting my parents. But then look, in retrospect, I'm like, no, you loved yourself. And because you chose to come out of the closet, you became a more whole version of yourself, which allows you to wholly love other people. And I don't think that's mm. kind of what was taught in our biblical circles. You know, it was always yeah, like, I, d- I just think that like, if to any of y'all that are listening, if you have church people or are ch- a church person, um, do it hell yeah but also remember this like love yourself bro like yeah it's it's literally <laughs> like, that simple it's crazy and it should be like you know maybe like heading one like it's like it's like like what like logic or something like that where it's like oh cool like love god and you're like all right great that's that's part of it and then yeah. it's like all right love your neighbor as yourself you're like wait wait let me unpack that if i love my neighbor as myself that means i have to love myself right yes. like in between there, you should just definitely just put, just dispel it out. Play this day. Love, love yourself. yourself. Love yes. God. Love yourself. Love people. Love people like you love yourself. Like, boom. Yes. That's, that's it. That's, that's, it. That's, that's, it. that's Christianity for you. So, I mean, like, if that's, I, I just think that that was definitely left out. And I feel like there's a lot of ways in which the, at least the Reformed Church does a lot of, uh, I think, unnecessary punishing uh, as far as, um, Oh, your your body is like, uh, it's almost like dualistic, where it's like your body is like uh, sinful or like everyone's mm. total depravity. Oh, that we is suck. it. Yeah. Oh my you god. Know, um, Knowing that uh, 
every day being told by religious elders, your family, the Bible, whatever, that you are broken, you're a product of the fall. That's when I came out to my family. They told me that, oh, we don't doubt that people are gay and have gay feelings, but that's a product of the fall of man. Whenever mm-hmm. Adam and Eve ate the apple and, and got kicked out, that's you, you're just a product of the fall. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's, it is this perpetual state of self-shame, you know, <laughs> feeling that you are broken. And it really took cognitive yeah. therapy, you know, to realize I'm not broken. You know, I, <laughs> the further I move away from uh, hurtful social structures that were in the South for me, they might not, might not be for other people. Like, um, you know, the church I was raised in, the further I move away from those, the more whole I become as a person. And I remember asking my therapist mm-hmm. one day, well, will I, always be a broken person because I don't have, you know, a supportive family unit um, because they will never support me because I'm gay. Well, that will I be like, um, cause, because kids have more higher of success rates when they have a supportive family. Will I, will I not mm-hmm. have a high success rate? Why be a broken person? And she says, she said, you're more whole now than you would have been staying in the South in the closet. She yeah. said, by leaving them, you became more whole. And you, yeah. and she said, you were born whole. Every, every child is born whole. We just forget, you know, over, mm-hmm. over the course of our lives, we kind of get pounded yeah. out of us. But yeah, that just like was a turning point for me in therapy. Cause I was like, you don't need other people to be whole. You don't need, you know, like, I don't yeah. know. That was just, that was big for me. Yeah. That's, that's wild. I think, um, yeah, I think that's a big one. Love yourself. I feel like my parents probably did it try to do a good job of being like we love you like you're you're special you know mm-hmm. but then it's like you're my parents this is supposed to say that you know like <laughs> but also um that thing of when you're like being reinforced negatively by this pressure that's bigger than your parents mm-hmm. you're like oh, like cool. a god you're like my the parents. existence of a god is that what you're saying like god yeah one of those or like <laughs> or like church or like this thing that my parents serve it's like whoa so like that's cool that you love me but what does he what does he think okay mm-hmm. cool and he said what now Ooh, so i suck okay well it's cool that you like me but i suck <laughs> so like you know and it's like that's not the move i, yeah. I mean I, I don't if you're if that's your theology fine but i'm just saying you should at least include love yourself mm. love yourself Hundred percent. Love yourself. Would have saved me a lot of years. <laughs> saved me a lot of years. When it's like crazy to think that like we came up with this idea called money mm-hmm. that just everyone accepts. Like money is not real. Like the con- it's just not. It just we just accept that's it. If you could like they use cowrie shells at one point. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like. It's our agree. It's like our agreeances that um, yeah. become reality. The things we agree on, and it's like yeah. to to some extent, a country is that too. A country is what a bunch of people agree on. Nothing actually <laughs> physically yeah. changes about the dirt. It's the same dirt, yeah. but it's just uh, enough people agree this dirt is called America, you know. And then, well, <laughs> what is America? Well, let's agree on, and that's why I think we have this huge backlash. Right now, mm-hmm. you know, we saw like the siege of the Capitol. It's because our agreeances are changing. We we no longer agree that America is a white nation 
Yeah, yeah. Like it's just not it's just not that anymore, dude. Like yeah. you're just you're dealing with a different demographic and that's just the nature of it. And I feel like there's a lot of people where the construct that exists has already been working for them. And mm-hmm. so the d- dismantling of that construct is like, it's wait, why are, we do- why are we doing this? And instead it's like, no, 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 you can build your own construct. Yeah. In which, like you get what you want and I get what I want. Uh-huh. Like just, there's a lot of people where it's like, oh, cool. Like you're atheist, you're Christian. And it's like, cool. Like if you guys like remove these like hats for just a second, you guys could like talk and like chill and hang out, get along, break bread, you know, da, da, da. yeah. And it's like, whoa, so, like, what's the disconnect? And it's like, oh, I'm diametrically opposed. And it's like, no, you're not. Like, <laughs> you got told. you like, if I punched you in the mouth right now, you'd probably punch me back. Like, like we're humans. Like, yeah. what do you mean? Yeah. Um, and I think it's just that, like, it, I, maybe it's what you're trying to accomplish with this podcast, where, which is just, like, to say, cool, like, what's your perspective? What did you grow up with? Like, what's your deal? How can we become humans and just humanize each other and understand that, like, we don't have to, like, kill each other or, like, storm the capital yeah um, to talk about abortion like yeah <laughs> like i'm just saying like i don't know it and has maybe, gotten maybe, like it got has gotten completely out of hand like i mean the amount of titles we put on people sleepy joe radical you know bernie it's, oh that's funny you know yeah. so it's it's almost become part of our accepted lingo to to title people the first thing we do the first word that comes out of our mouth is the title and then the person it's Mm -hmm. it's very weird yeah i feel like uh there's a lot of cool things happening and i think that there's a lot of good people trying to do a lot of good stuff and i think it just keeps getting overshadowed by a lot of the negativities and maybe maybe just the amp good voices you know yeah it's like like just blow the roof off the ceiling with like the good voices and and try and stampede the negative. It's just crazy because it like negative does so much more damage. Like it's so hard to like when like false information is out there, it just spreads like Yeah. You just can't you can't contain it. You just have to be like, hey, if you've received this false message, like that's not it. And also I think it's so. just like noticing that like you you're aware that there are people who just want to watch this thing burn, but like unless you're the one percent of people who are psychotic, you are wanting to watch things burn because you are burning on the inside and you're an incredible amount of pain, you know? And Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people that see people who are so full of hate, they're just like, Oh, they're a hateful person and they're irredeemable. And you know, let's, and let's move on and and label them as irredeemable. But yeah, they're they're. It, I, I literally see like the Disney montages of it, like shooting inside that person's head and showing when they're like a kid on the playground, or you know, like oh yeah, yeah, or, yeah. when that you know when they're like getting like they like <laughs> when they when their shit snaps, <laughs> you, know, you know, something more traumatic, like yeah. their father leaves them or something. It's like yeah, these yeah. people they were whole people at one point, you know, like right. But something traumatic happened and they've lost their way, and it's like how do we get people to remember who they are? I told you about the time that I was uh, at the back of the Bitter Alibi, that uh-uh. bar in Chattanooga, and I was in the back, and I was smoking a cigarette, and I was having a conversation with these two dudes, and then this dude said something that sounded, like, wildly offensive, and I kind of was just like, just like, it just missed me, because I was just like, Like, racist he, offensive? He, yeah, and I was just like, did he just, but he was talking about, like, I think he was talking about black people, but it was like, wait, he's talking about black people, and I'm right here. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, to me, about other black people. To me, and I'm right here. How'd you <laughs> so respond? Like, no, well, it was this thing where I was just like, 
it just took me by surprise at first. And then I started to listen and clue in, and I was like, oh, okay. And I said, are you guys, perchance, uh, white supremacists or neo-Nazi affiliates? And they said, yes, we are. <gasps> I said, oh, cool. I have a couple of questions for you. Wow. And I said, what the, where, like, why? Like, what, 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 like, and who, who influenced you to become a white supremacist? Why are you a white supremacist? And, um, what do you feel like you gained from being a white supremacist? Mm. And this dude talked for like almost an hour. Um, and basically just like told me a, a story about like his uncle and told me a story about his childhood and told me a story about, you know, basically stringing together like disenfranchisement, all of this stuff. Was like, he like personally victimized by black people? Like what, what was it? No, he was just personally disenfranchised. Like his like family was not great to him. His, uh, you know, situation was that he was like very poor, like coming up and like had to work for what he like earned and felt like that there were people that are stealing jobs and feeling like people that were like, um, putting him out of work, but based on the rhetoric of his uncle, who influenced him to become a white supremacist. Right? So his uncle said, "All these bad things that are happening in your life, they're because black people sure. have, have caused them." And it's like, cool. Well, he had somebody like that in his corner, and he's going to these meetings and hearing this stuff. I'm like, all right, cool. So great. And we kind of get through this point where he's just like, everyone, all the black people need to go back to Africa, like all this other stuff. Mm. I was like, all right, cool, great. Um, can I interject and say my piece? Um, and so then I talked to him basically about like, like as someone who's disenfranchised, um, yeah. <laughs> I understand you. Yeah. Like, I understand that. That I'd never thought about that. You probably have more in common as a black man with a white supremacist than, than a, another white man who isn't a white supremacist because both of you <laughs> right? guys feel disenfranchised. I mean, exactly. like, you guys should like fucking up. be best friends. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. But so, how did he um, take it? You told him, like, dude, I feel disenfranchised too. Like, how did he take it? He was like, his friend was kind of like pissed because I started to like, you know, I let them talk for an hour uninterrupted. And like people in the bar kept coming by and be like, "Yo, are you good?" Dude? Are you okay? <laughs> like everyone in the bar was like ready to go. They were like, oh. "You like white who?" It was beautiful to be able to have that weird conversation in the sense that like cool i understand to some degree where you're coming from and also i can tell you that like mm-hmm. literally if if the all if you, the only thing you get from this is that i understand you mm-hmm. then that's that's it like because like i'm wow. disenfranchised i understand what that feels like and so therefore you know the rest is history and also like you know insofar as you can understand that i understand you then maybe you can understand me you know and then just left him with that. And he was like, bro, dude, like, oh, like, thanks, bro. Like, do you, you need, like, any cigarettes or anything, bro? Like, he was, like, trying to give me, like, cigarettes. And I was like, nah, dude, you're good. I don't, <laughs> like, I don't just... want to put anything in my body. That you yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you got it, like, that's all you, baby. Like, <laughs> and then, like, they could tell that it was getting a little bit tense. So they got up and left. Mm. Um, But, yeah, that was, like, a really uh, big moment because I was, I felt, First of all, I was like, whoa, I actually kind of can see into this perspective because I had never really, I mean, I encountered some white supremacists before, but it's not who, like, who am I conversating with like that? And so I was like, whoa, this is a weird opportunity. Um, and then the other hand, uh, that I, I genuinely do feel like, feel like he like, like got something from that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I have oh, no totally. idea where he's at today, but I know he's like different because of that conversation. 
dude thanks so much for for coming and talking to me <laughs> thanks very much for having me i i think i i think i derailed uh some of the some of the course of this ship that's not how you you don't derail ships unless they're on a motor track at disney world unless they are being delivered to a shipyard on a train Bro, <laughs> 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 no, you got to deliver your ships by train oh god derail the ship. Thanks for listening to Human. I'm Benjamin Love at Benjamin.love on Instagram. You can also find Chris Williams on Instagram at Jenny underscore death underscore and Twitter at underscore Jenny death. Death.